0: Gospel of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory, Glory to you, Lord Christ. Christ. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter and John and James with him and went up and onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men. Moses and Elijah appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at the time what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. To the end of the season of Epiphany. Epiphany, as we are reminded very frequently, is the Greek word that means manifestation. And for this season of Epiphany, specifically, it means the manifestation of the glory of God in the man Jesus Christ. We started the season with the glory being revealed through the star, the miraculous star that drew the Gentile wise men to the cradle of Christ. And we went on to hear about Jesus' baptism, when the heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended in as a dove upon him, and again God's voice spoke on to the wedding of Kinga and the changing of water into wine. And this year you'll see in the lectionary, we went on to the miraculous haul of fish after a fruitless night of fishing on the part of the disciples. And then in other years we hear about various healings <coughs> that Jesus does. Finally we hear this lesson that we just heard um, read of the transfiguration of Christ. His clothes shining like lightning. I mean, you can't even see lightning that dazzling. It, it, you yeah. have to close your eyes because of, of, the, of the brightness and the radiance of the lightning bolt. So glory is clearly a mean here that we want to spend some time with today, I think. But before I get into that, I also want to point out that there's another theme that is picked up in the Old Testament lesson and the Epistle lesson today. And that's the theme of the veil. The veil which hides that splendor and radiance. That veil which... um, Protects, uh, as it were. But let's talk about glory first. Because it's a word that we use all the time in our faith and in our worship. And yet, if we were challenged to define exactly what we mean by glory, I think most of us would be hard pressed. We just sort of come to know what it is by using it all the and, and, and sort of having experiences that we believe communicate that glory of God in our midst. So, just as God is ultimately unknowable, so glory would be difficult for us as mere human beings to be able to define. But we know. glory in all of creation. Because after all, God made <clears throat> the world and God's glory shows through it. So when we see a, a beautiful sunrise or a beautiful sunset for us might ask, we, um, or when we are present in a place like the Yosemite Valley or the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls, we are all struck at the glory that is there, being revealed in God's creation. We can catch glimpses of that glory of God, and that glory, that sense of all, invites us to understand that God is with us. God is here. In fact. This was really driven home to me as I was doing some research for this sermon and pulled out an old trustworthy uh, resource that I used in seminary, Alan Richardson's Theological Wordbook of the Bible, long since out of print. I'm glad I got the copy. And I looked up, okay, what does he say about glory? Well, (laughs) at first he says absolutely nothing at all because under glory it says see presence presence, the glory of God, comes with the presence of God. In fact, that's how we know that God is present. So at this point, we need to go on and talk about the veil then. Because just as in nature, we can be all struck by many beautiful things, we cannot look at Son itself is light to all that evening without going blind. And the fact of the matter is, we cannot look at the full glory of God and live. That's exactly what God says to Moses in the chapter before this passage that we just read. Part of his encounter with God up on the mountain was his request of God for some Revelation that would give him the assurance that God was truly with the people of Israel there in the wilderness and with him as their leader. And he asked to see God. He asked to see specifically the face of God. And God says to uh, Moses, I will show you my glory. Stand in this cleft in the rock, and I will pass by. But as I do, I will put my hand over the cleft, so you cannot see my face, for no one can see my face and live. And so as the story goes, the glory of God passes by, and God puts his hand over to protect Moses from the To pass by, Moses is able to see God and God's glory from behind. But in our epistle lesson, we hear Paul talking about a veil in another sense. And he picks up on what happens when Moses comes back down the mountain and the radiance of God is showing on Moses'. Face after this encounter, and it scares the people. And so he puts a veil on his face to hide that glory while he's is with the people, only taking it off to go in and speak with God directly. And so there's really two senses in which we find the veil being used in terms of God's, in relation to God's glory. Shield of protection, so that we are not overwhelmed. The veil of nature itself, revealing the glory of God in a way that leaves us all struck from time to time, but does not overwhelm us. And much more importantly, the veil of flesh as we look at Jesus Christ, where we see God's glory but we see it in a way that we can um, uh, grasp it, understand it, not be overwhelmed by it. When Jesus performed his miracles, people knew that God was there, that God was working in a very special way. God was present. And so they knew that he was at the very least a prophet. Was indeed God incarnate. Charles Wesley picks up on that in that famous uh, Christmas carol "Hark! the Herald angels sing. The phrase that says, Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. they opened the Pharisees, immediately put up in the face of Jesus' mirrors. Here, in the face of solid evidence of God at work, what did they do? It can't be of God. You did that on Saturday. It can't be of God. He's not a scribe or a Pharisee. Spiritual pride is a big thing. that puts a barrier between us and knowing the presence. The fact of the matter is, we all put up those things. Way I think to bring the Epiphany season to its conclusion in preparation for Lent. Because it is God's intention that those of us who are in Christ should be filled with, by His Holy Spirit, with. meaning the light of Christ so shine before others that they see your good works and glorify her Father who is in heaven. That's Lent invites us to look at just that, to look at any kind of barrier that is between us and God, particularly the ones that we ourselves have erected. And it invites us to confess that and to give it over to God so that we might be opened up to let that light shine through us because it is the light of Christ, the glory of God. As we do that through the season of Lent, then we are renewed that by Easter we are able to be those kinds of people that God wants us to be, to shine forth that light that will draw others to himself. And so, as we say goodbye to this event, let us think about these things. Let us think about that glory that God invites us to share. And let us be open as we move into Lenten season to look honestly and squarely at those ways that we, in our lives, have erected veils that hide